It's recording? Okay. Okay, so we're in the middle of Pedic Tesvav, page Chafalov. So we explained that a Benini is called the Eva Delakim. Right? There's an Eva Dashem, meaning that's, his, that's the kind of person he is already. He's naturally a servant of Hashem. That's a tzaddik. That's a description of. No, he's already mastered that art. That's who he is now. He's an Eva Dashem. That's a tzaddik. Whereas an Ovedalakir means someone who's working hard. Aveda means someone who works hard. It does something that's not easy for himself. That's a Benini. Like we explained, there's two types of Benini. That's what the Pasuk means when the Pasuk says that there's an Ovedalakir and there's a Shaleya Vade. There's two kinds of Benini. There's a Benini that is not a Tzaddik, but he's, um, he doesn't have to work hard because he's naturally, like they call him, the, like we said, that's the people call him like a Tzaddikal. Like a person that's naturally, you know, he's, he's, he's naturally, it goes easy for him. He's, he doesn't have issues with Tivus. He's a, just not that kind of person. He naturally is the kind of person that just likes to sit in a room and learn himself. You know, he doesn't need the company of people, so he doesn't have that Yitzhahara of Lashon Hara or whatever, the regular Nisyanis that people have. And, um, and therefore, he's doing, he, he's never being Nikhshal, Machshava Debramaisa. He's doing everything that's right. So, so he's not a Rasha Chas V'Shalom. He's very far from that. But an Oyved Alakim, we won't call him. Oyved Alakim means a person that works hard, that, that's struggling with himself. And so someone like that, that it goes easy for him, what would mean to be an Oyved Alakim, is like we're going to learn today, would mean that he goes beyond his comfort level in Kedusha Gufa. He finds something that isn't easy for himself and goes beyond his comfort level. And for that, it's not enough just to awaken the basic, natural love that every single Yid has today. <laughs> every Yid has a natural love today, which that's what, if he, that's what causes this person that's a masbid b'tivay, and it's easy for him, that's what causes him to invest his energy in Torah and mitzvahs. And it was, why doesn't he just, if he likes to sit and learn, he could also learn Gaisha philosophy, he could do a lot of things. The reason why he's doing Torah and mitzvahs is because he thinks about the fact that he's a Yid, that he really wants to connect to Hashem, but that's just awakening his natural Yiddish love that there is b'teva by every single year, naturally to every single year. So therefore, he's not a vayda. He's not, he's not doing something. He's not changing his teva. He's not awakening something new within himself. In order to go out of his comfort level, he would need to be mizbainan and think about the greatness of Hashem and awaken true love to the Evishta, like we're going to learn today. Only through that is he able to go out of his comfort level. I just want to, before we go on, just, um, Alex asked me a question uh, before I said, so I want to explain. The last week we mentioned the story that there was a chassid called Rebiena Paltave, who was, um, risked his life literally until he actually was killed by the uh, Russian uh, authorities. And he was constantly risking his life for the sake of building uh, yeshivas and chadarim in Russia. And uh, we mentioned what he said, that if I bring him once, that everything, all of this, this mesiris nefesh, this constant struggle of life and death, <coughs> is all aloyavadeh. It's not, a, it's not the avadeh what it's saying in Tanya. That's the loyavadeh. Why? Because this is what we need to do. In other words, this is like what's needed in order to keep Torah mitzvahs. So therefore, that's still Aloy Avadeh. That's not Avadeh. So Alex asked me a question that what's the Chiddush of the story? He's saying, he's saying the, the point is, it's a, um, if something, maybe for that person, it wasn't hard to risk his life. And therefore, that's what he meant to say. That it's a, uh, everything, in other words, this idea is relative based on the person, which is true. Right? For some people, it's uh, very hard to get a, you know, to dive with a minion. Uh, and therefore, if they, if they push themselves to dive with a minion, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's already a Pechina of Eved Hashem. At least for that, for the Lagabi, that thing, right? Some for some people, that's uh, that really, I mean, that's the, what they've been doing since they're 
even before their bar mitzvah, and that's like, uh, you know, just like they brushing their teeth in the morning, that's like habit. You know, and then for them, uh, for the, for, and some people even are maybe on the level that even risking their life is easy for them. But the, the point, I think the point of the story is something else. The point of the story is that he was taking it to a deeper level, the concept of Oyved Elokim and Shalei Avadei. In other words, risking a person's life is never something easy because it's naturally a person, um, a person has a natural fear for his life. I don't think that that's a, uh, that that's a, uh, a thing that's possible that a person could say it comes easy to risk his life. A person knows that any minute they could arrest you and send you for 25 years of hard labor in Siberia, right? That's a natural thing that a goof of a person, no matter what, he actually says later in, in Pedek in Yitzayin, he says, even a masked betive still is oiv as gufa yeser. Everyone loves their, naturally loves, has, has a natural human instinct that they want to live and be healthy and they don't want to suffer. So someone who's doing something like that, that he's risking his, really his life and, and, and to have unbelievable suffering that they used to do to people who, when they would interrogate them, etc., it, that's never easy. I don't think that was the point that he's saying because it's easy for me. He was taking it to a new level and he was saying that being an over the lakim means you have to do more than what's required. In other words, for him, it was so, it was so real. Torah Mitzvah was so real and so true that anything that you're doing that's within the context of doing basic Torah Mitzvah, for him was Le'avade. Because he said, what do you mean? Does someone have a choice not to keep Torah Mitzvah? In other words, so because at that stage, in order to have basic Torah Mitzvah was required, was Mesiris Nefesh was real risking his life. So he considered that Le'avade because he said, Avade would mean if I do something extra, more than I'm a chuyiv. This, I have no bread, I have to keep Torah mitzvahs. That's, that's the, that's the, that was the story, the, the part of the story. So. I don't need to build yeshivas. I, have to, I can keep my people who keep the at home. He, so for him, in his, so in his life, so in his life, he felt that building yeshivas was, was something that there's no choice. Like, it's not something that there's a, a, a choice, with, right? He, in, his, in his way, way of looking at it, he was in that level that was not, you know, I, I was reminded also of another story. This story that I said last week was from uh, Rabbi Sirota's father, Rabbi Yassel Sirota's father said the story. So actually another story that he said, which also brings out a similar point, was that there was another, there was a yid called uh, Byakov, Byakov Natik, Byankov Natik. Um, and he was, you know, most of the Hasidim that were in Russia, were, you know, communist Russia, he couldn't leave Russia. Chicago. Most, sorry? Chicago. His son is in Chicago, yeah. His son is in Chicago. He's, the, he's like a shliach for the Russians there in Chicago, yeah. So, so uh, it's, uh, most of the Hasidim that... Most of the Chassidim that left Russia, they left after the war, um, after the World War II, there was, because there were many Polish citizens that had run, had run into Russia during the war to run away from the Nazis. Uh, so they, they made a rule, even though the Iron Curtain, you're not allowed to leave Russia, not anyone who has Polish citizenship is allowed to leave. Like in order to, you know, to, to look good for the rest of the world, they made like an exception. Anyone who has, so the Chassidim in Russia used up that opportunity and they forged Polish passports. That's when most of the uh, Lubavitch Chassidim left Russia. Not, actually, not just Lubavitch Chassidim, but others, people like uh, Yom Tev Erlach. I don't know if you know, uh, you know the famous uh, Yom Tev Erlach. Uh, he, he, he actually, I think, it could be, though, didn't have to forge Polish citizens. It could, a citizenship. it could be he actually was a Polish citizen. But he left together with the Chassidim on the same uh, trains when they left Russia at that time. But there were a number of people who were stuck, who didn't manage to take opportunity. Either they were caught or they couldn't go for whatever reason. They couldn't get false papers. Among them was the Sirota family. That's one of the, the people who left Russia a lot later. So it was, they were really there on their own, like in a, not, not such a big community. But they, and they kept it up. And they, they were mysterious nefesh. They were keeping up Tere Mitzvahs. And they didn't send, some of them didn't even send their children to uh, Russian schools, which was a terrible crime, not to send their children to school. And uh, one of them was this year, the Biyanko Natik, that um, he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. I remember his son, 
Some was a Magachin. It's Israel. He told me when his father was still alive, his father finished the Shas every second year, three and a half daf. He learns every single day. And he would, uh, I read also that after in, in Samarkand, that's where he was for a period of time, after the Rav that they had there, which was uh, all the year to call the Bilyal Paracha, after he passed away, so they felt that he's the biggest Tamil Chachamir, they're going to ask him Shailas. But he was such an honor that he didn't feel worthy of answering Shailas. So every time he'd, a person would come with a Shailas, he would say, No, I think maybe if you look in this and this Sif and Shulchan Aruch, I think that's what he's going to say over there. Look it up and you'll see. And he was always right. Everything that he would say was always, uh, was always the correct uh, halacha, right? So he, would, he was a very big Tamil so he So anyway, after, the, um, after the, that group of Eden left Russia, which was uh, the end of the Tavshan Chavs and the beginning of the Tavshan Lamas, there was a big... A lot of was, they started to give out some certain permits for certain people to leave Russia. So there was a lot of chassidim that managed to leave them, and he was one of them. And a group of them went to visit the Moshe Feinstein. Maybe he wanted to meet them, whatever reason, they went, went to visit uh, Moshe Feinstein. And he, they told, Moshe asked them all about what went on in Russia, and he, was, he, was very, he really wanted to hear all the details. And they say Moshe cried, he was really, uh, he took it to heart, you know, the, the great Mrs. Nefesh that was going on there. And then he asked, he asked them, how did you do this? How did you do this? Like, how did you keep raising your kids the right way in such an environment, etc.? So Rabbi Yankul Natuk, he answered, Abreidat Megahat, we have a choice. That's what he answered. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, that was, that was the, to him, that was the answer, really, how do we do it? We didn't have a choice. If, you have to, if, there's, no, if there's no other way to keep Torah Mitzvahs, that's how we're going to keep Torah Mitzvahs, right? In other words, for people like that, that Torah Mitzvahs is such a reality that it's impossible not to do the right thing, so... The, he looked at her, Bina Potava said, for me, so that's, then that's Layavade. In other words, for, for, that's the Layavade for me, even the greatest Messiah is never. But that's a very high level. That was just, a, wasn't really the point of, uh, of the Peter care. I was just mentioning it as a side point. But just to answer your question, I, was, uh, I thought that it would explain a little bit more the story over there. So, so, yeah. For clarity's sake, at the, at the end of the, the shtickle, is it taka relevant to each person? Is that what we're The Hashem? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, no. The story was a very high level of the Avad, right? No, but this idea of Avad Hashem, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Every single person, like we're going to see actually today in the Tanya, clearly, he's going to differentiate himself very clearly. The end of what we're going to learn today is going to differentiate between this Masmid B'tivai that it can only be called the Eved Hashem when he awakens this kind of great level of Avas Hashem that causes him to go and do a lot extra than he would usually do to a regular person that struggles with basic Taivas that if he even awakens that, that type of Ava that we talked about, the natural love to Hashem and he fights his Taivas, he's also called the Eved Lakim because for him that's a struggle and therefore he would be called the Eved Lakim. We'll see today. So that's what, sir. That person is the only one that really knows where the only a person himself knows where they where, where, where exactly what's considered able to look in for them. If Rabbi made a mistake on himself, so maybe this chassid also then. Yeah, I could. I, like I said last week, Mustafa was an Indian of another by him also, right? Yeah, but uh, but it still brings out a very uh, very big nekuda. Yeah, you always have to go higher, otherwise you go lower because at first it's an avoider, but if you do enough time, then. Oh, we're gonna see clearly. He's gonna say that clearly today. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> So a person does always have to go. Okay, so let's see, Taka. That, that point that you're saying right now is what we're going to start with right now. That's his page Chafalev. It's, 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 it's like by the dot, V'chein. You know, it's, the line starts, Yerush HaSeinu. He says, V'chein, af misha'ena masmid belimudei betivay. Let's say you have a person that by, by nature, is not a masmid beteva. You know, you have Yidin that are, naturally, from when they were kids in school, they, were, they didn't play at recess, they were sitting, uh, they read a book at recess. Then you have people that, no, naturally they have a tev of Mara Levena, they're more like Lebedic, 
but they train themselves. They train themselves to become a master of b'teva. Actually, he he got used to sitting and learning until it became a second nature. Right? We've had this concept already before of a tevasheni. A person can have something that becomes a second nature. Like it might not have been his his original nature. But because he's so used to it, it became second nature. And right now, it doesn't require any struggle. So this person right now, when he wakes up in the morning and he takes a safer, it's not a struggle for him anymore. You have some people that even after learning so many years, it's still a struggle for them. Right? Which, is, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, which is fine. That means that's what the Ebishter wants from him. And every time when he struggles and he, and he learns, he's, he's being an Ayvid He's doing that idea of, of going beyond his nature. But you have people that because they got so used to it, it's no longer a struggle for them to sit and learn. It became like that. So even such a person is for him, it's enough to just awaken that natural hidden love that he has today. Like again, even someone like that still has to constantly remember that he's a Yid and he wants to connect to Hashem because otherwise, you know, why am I, he might wake up one day and say, maybe I should change course. Maybe I should go uh, to college now and get, a, and get a degree in something else. Why am I sitting and learning a whole day? Maybe I should change course. No, he has to constantly, he does have to remind himself that he has a natural love to the Ebishter, but that's all he needs to do. And being that that's all he needs to do, that's not called Eivah Delakim, because that's a natural love that a Yid has to the Ebishter. That's not something that he worked hard on, on to be Mechadish. So maybe at the beginning, when he trained himself to be a Masmid, he was an Eivah Delakim at that time. At that time, he was an Eivah Delakim. But now, at this stage in life, that he's already, it's a Teva Shani for him to be a master, but it's no longer an Indian of Eivah Delakim. Unless he's going to start learning beyond more than his, what he's used to, something that's already hard for him, beyond his comfort zone, that already turns him into an Eivah Delakim, like we're going to see now. He says, like, The same Gemara, Chagiga, right? The Gemara that, uh, that we started off with. Gemara says, like, Gemara says, I mentioned the last thing, Gemara asks, Says, says in the I was like, uh, contemplating and I saw what is the difference between a tzaddik and a rasha and someone who serves Hashem and someone who doesn't serve Hashem. So the Gemara says, tzaddik, no A tzaddik is the same person as an Ovid Alakim. It's the same thing as someone who serves the Ebishta. And a rasha and someone who doesn't serve Hashem is the same thing. Right? If you're not serving Hashem, you're a rasha. So, we expl- last week we already explained the Tanya explained the difference between a tzaddik and an eved alakim. The tzaddik is a tzaddik, and the eved alakim is a benini. What's the difference between the eved alakim and shalei So we explain now that both of them are actually not rishayim, right? Both of them are benini. It's just the difference between a benini that goes beyond his nature or it doesn't go beyond his nature. So the Gemara actually says it like this. The Gemara says like this. Oivet, the Gemara doesn't discuss the difference between a tzaddik and eved alakim, like we said last time. But the Gemara says an eved alakim and a shalei avadei tarvanyu tzaddikim gemurim nino. Both of them are tzaddikim gemurim. That's what the Gemara says. Now, I just want to make it before we go on. When the Gemara says, it doesn't mean Tzadik Gomor of Tanya, right? The Rai is very posh. The, the Pasuk itself says Tzadik, Shafter Nisim and Tzadik Lerasha, Ben Eved Elokim Avadi. So obviously there's a difference between these two Tzadik and Gomorim of Eved Elokim Vashalei Avadi to the Tzadik, because we already spoke about a Tzadik in the Pasuk, right? So obviously what the Gemara means is, like we've discussed many times, that there's also something called a Tzadik Peshem Hamushal. There's something called a tzaddik that he's not a tzaddik in the, in the, the like tzaddik the, the, the he's not we won't, won't give him the real title of a tzaddik he's not a person that has destroyed the nefesh of Bahamas to the degree that he doesn't even desire bad the tzaddik that we've discussed in previous prakim he's a tzaddik in the way that he acts in the way that we're going to treat him when he comes to based in Shomayla, in the way that he's going to be zakai bedin a tzaddik like in that terms like what usually people refer to as a tzaddik but a tzaddik who's zoichem based in Shomayla can even possibly be even less than a benani. 
he could be what we call a rasha, because he could be someone that has reiv schui, someone that has majority good, right? What, what the Gemara over there is talking about tzaddik tavayu, tzaddikim gemurim nino, it's talking about what we call a benini, someone who's fully good, but we could also call him a tzaddik because he doesn't do anything bad. So that's why the Gemara says tzaddikim gemurim. Not that it's talking about the tzaddik gemur that we've discussed in previous pakim, but he means to say it's the tzaddik b'shem hamushal, the person that is zakai badin, when we judge him, but not the regular one that's zakai badin because he has a majority good, he's a tzaddik gemur, he has fully good. And that's how we treat him badin. So, in other words, a benini, right? Because we're not talking about the tzaddik, because the pasuk already discussed the tzaddik. We're talking about a bain. Because the Gemara says tavayin tzaddik and gemurim nim, right? The only difference is, is the Gemara says oiv delakim is zev shayne pirkei meyapalim v'zev shayne pirkei meyapalim v'achas. The Gemara says the oiv delakim, not sorry, that shaloyavadu, the one who's not serving Hashem, he's a tzaddik gemur, but he always chazes everything he learns a hundred times. That the person who's oiv delakim, he chazes everything a hundred and one times. That's the Gemara says. So the Gemara asks. Does the one time make that much of a difference that it should change his entire status that we should call him now a person that serves Hashem? The Gemara says, yeah. The Gemara gives a mashal. The Gemara says, we're going to bring it soon. The Gemara gives a mashal. It says, you know, you have these, um, like these taxi drivers. Obviously, in those days, it wasn't with cars, but with, uh, with horses, right? So they, they tell you, 10 parsa, this, 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 you know, you go this amount of, uh, of time, a place, it's, uh, it's, it's one zuz. So it's, it's, it's a certain price. You go, um, Another, if you go one more parsa, 11 parsois, it's two zuzim. Double the price. The one extra parsa makes a double price. Double price? Right? So yeah, so that makes it says, what do you see from here? Once you do, the simple pshat in the Gemara is, like, yeah, the meya is like a certain status. Meya pom ve'echot. We're going to give you so much more schar, because that's like a little bit unusual already. That's already out of the, what most people do. But the question is, is that a reason to call him an Oyved Alakim? Because he did a little bit what's unusual. In other words, in the Marshall, the pi- point was in the Marshall is, this is like the price, sorry? Right. Just like nowadays, once you go out of the zone. Out of the zone, they give you more, exactly. So, so what does that Marshall bring out? Like, this is the zone that we were this is what most people should do. If you did a little extra, fine, so we treat you like Miyuchat, right? So if we're talking about like Schar Va'inish Lamayla, right, that's a good Marshall Lachura. That's a great Marshall. Right? If someone did a little bit what's not, what most people don't do, he did, like, you know, there's like a certain expect, expectation that you have, and then, you know, you went a little beyond that expectation. Fine, so, so that's, like, that's like enough to have double, double price, right, for Schar Lamayla. Because even though, technically, that little extra that you did was not worth the same amount of everything you did till now, the the Meir Pam Be'echa, the one extra over 100 is not worth 100, but in Schar Va'inish, you know, we treat things based on expectations, so because you went beyond the expectation, you get double price, double reward. But, but the question, t- the Pasuk at the end of the day calls him an Oyved Alakim and that one a Shalei Avode. It's a title. We're saying you're a different kind of person. You're a different kind of person. You're a person that serves Hashem. You're a person that's Oyved Hashem and you're not an Oyved Hashem. So, so that's a reason just because you went a little bit out of the expectations to be called a different kind of person. So, but according to what we've learned now, it's a different, the Pshat Negemata means like this. It's not just a question about what's expected. Like he's going to say, in those days, it was normal to learn a hundred times, to hazard everything a hundred times. And therefore, a regular person, when he hazards a hundred times, if he's already a good person, a mansmith, someone that's, that's what he does usually, that's easy for him. That goes easy for him. The extra time, it's, the point is, not just that it's different, it's different to what everyone does. It's not just an Indian of schar. It's, it, it requires a lot of effort from his part, because that's not what he's used to doing. If it requires effort, he's a different kind of person. He's not just a, uh, someone that gets more schar lamayla. He's an oivid alakim. He went out of himself. Right? Like we, especially according to what we said last week, that the, the point is, like we've mentioned so many times, that the point is that a person should, the truth that there's nothing besides Hashem should 
he felt somewhat in the person's life as much as he could. And when a person's willing to go out of his comfort zone, it's not about him anymore. It's about the Eibishter. He's saying, I'm serving Hashem. It's not about what I'm used to. As soon as you, call aid, you're serving the Eibishter based on your comfort zone, what you're used to. That's you, you serving the Eibishter. Now I'm going out of myself. So that extra time is more than the hundred times. The hundred times that you were learning, right, is, it was you learning. That was you. Your Metzius was learning. Your Teva, your nature was learning. Right now, I pushed myself. I said, it's not about me. I'm willing to do something for the Eibishter that I'm not used to doing. That's not about me. So that one time is like he's going to say soon, it's like worth, not only is it worth the same as the hundred, it's worth more than the entire hundred. Because everything that I did now was me and this is not me. This is me going out of myself. This is me serving the Eibishter. So that turns the person into Eibishter. That's, that's the inside. He says, The mushroom also is like a, a real baby. It's only, it's like temporary. It's only like a, I'm renting this this thing for a short time. Are you, you saying that that's why the muscle over there is yeah, uh, the passed for the for renting good? Yeah, yeah. That could be, yeah. Like, uh, like he's not, not Kavua, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good, yeah. Yes, let's see. He says inside, he says, um, Right? The Gemara says the Eved Lakim is the person who learns everything, chazes everything 101 times, whereas the Loyavode is the one who chazes everything only 100 times. Because in those days, the Regilus, it was normal to learn everything 100 times. The reason was, I'm saying for a technical reason, because being that it wasn't like today that Teresh Lopez written in Svarim, so the only way to learn was to memorize everything by heart. Otherwise, you, you never, you know, if you learned one mission and you didn't memorize it by heart, then you're, uh, you really can't go on to the next mission because that's it, you know, like you forgot it totally then, because like, there's nowhere to look afterwards. Right, so, so, so they had to chazer everything. So the normal way of chazering was a hundred times. That way you were, you know, you were you could pretty much sure that you're, you're good to go. But so the Gemara gives a marshal of people who would, uh, you know, if you would rent a, um, a chamer. So for Esa Pasois, it was one Zuz. And for Echad Asa Pasois, it was Zuz. But for 11 Pasois, it was, it was, it was, a, it was two Zuz. Why? Because that's already... Different. It's harder. The the ones the zone that they would the, that the, you would that these taxi drivers were used to going to, that's uh, you know that's um, that's what they're used to doing. You want them to go a little bit out of their comfort zone. You have to pay them double. So the same thing over here. Because the regilus was to learn a meyapamim because they needed to learn everything by heart. So when you're doing that, so if I mean some people even that's hard for them. But if you're a good guy, you're like a person that trained yourself to be a masbe beteva at least beteva sheni like we said before. So you're ready. You know you, you do the course. You do everything hundred. That's what you do every day. You go to yeshiva and you learn everything hundred times. You're gonna push yourself to do one time extra. That's a whole different story already. That's a that's a evidelaki. That's a different type of person than Gans. He's going out of himself and he says this extra. 101, the time number, number 101, that's more, that's over the regilus, what he's used to doing since he's been young. It's number one, equal to the hundred. And actually, it, it's, it's higher than the hundred times that he learned. A lot stronger. And only this is what calls him, what allows him to be called an Eivad oh, now, So now, now, he's going to go into more detail now. What we mentioned before, that in order to be an Eved Alakim on a constant basis, in other words, when we talk about an Eved Alakim, you have a person, let's say, that he's a Loyavade, you know, he's a person that may have he does everything, but he's a good person, he learns, etc., but it's all his, his nature. 
Now, he, he, once in a while, he might do something that's beyond his comfort zone. But when he's doing that, he's definitely acting like an Ovid Lakim at that moment. But is he a person that we could refer to him as an Ovid Lakim? In other words, most of the time, what does he do? He does what's, what's, what's been within his comfort zone. Of course, it's very special when he goes out of his nature. And that's the avoida of an Ovid Lakim. He's acting like an Ovid Lakim. But him as a person, a title, are we getting, a title that we give to a person means that's the kind of person he is. Right? When you give someone a title, when you give someone a, when you say someone is a, you know, when you say someone is a, is a lamdan, it doesn't mean because he once learned. It means that right now he's a lamdan. He's a person that learns, right? He's a, he's a person that sits and learns and he knows how to learn. An Ovid Lakim is a title. So an Ovid Lakim means someone that that's what he constantly does. He's constantly pushing himself to go beyond his nature. Like the Lashon of the Gemara. Not that he was Not that one time he happened to do it one on one times. He's always doing And once the becomes nature, obviously he's going to do more than right? He's always pushing himself to do more than the usual. So this, this idea that someone could be constantly in such a tenuah that he's breaking himself and going beyond his nature, it's a very hard thing. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing. In other words, it's, it's a... It's never easy to, to go beyond the nature. But a one-time thing, fine. You know, you got a Hesaitis, right? Let's say it was Rashani and Kippur. person felt a Hesaitis. Okay, he decided to do something that was hard for him. That, that could happen, right? So, so he didn't need to do some... There was no special remedy needed for him to go out of his nature. Of course, it was, it was special and it was, took work and it took effort. And it always takes effort. But how could it be that there should be a person that's always in this mode of being an Ovid Lakim, going out of beyond his nature? There has to be something special about him Something that he's doing that's that's pushing him constantly to do that. It's it's yeah, but in other words, to be in a constant mode that you're always pushing yourself to do whatever I did today, if I'm gonna evaluating myself every day. If, if right, right now this already became the norm, I'm gonna push myself to do more. That's that's tremendous effort. The only way to do that is when a person is a balabas on his nature. He's he's totally in control of his nature. In other words, his nature is something that he could control and decide, no, that's my nature. No, I don't care. I'm going to go beyond my nature. Most people, their nature is in control of them. Most people, their nature is in control of them. Whatever my nature is, that's what I do naturally. Right? If I'm going to go beyond my nature, that's a, that's a yaitzim and a klau. That's, 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 that's going to be not the usual. That's out of the norm. In order for someone to be constantly going out of his nature, his nature has to be something that he's in control of. He, his nature is controlled by his brain. He understands what he's supposed to be doing. And only then is his nature, in other words, his, his nature doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his nature is because his brain is so much in control of him that whatever his nature is doesn't, doesn't really play a role. So I'm going to do something more than my nature right now. You have to be in a state of mind that his brain is in control of his nature to be a person that's constantly in over the look in. his brain so, in control of his nature, then it's, it's, <laughs> it's never a gift because the, because the goof, right, the goof, the nature controls the goof. Nature controls the goof. That's always going to be like that, right? So the goof, it's, still, it's, it's always going to be a tired, it's, it's, a, it's a process that, that takes effort and, and it's tiresome and, and Pasha makes a person, like we say, right? It's always going to be like that because the, the nature controls the goof. But in order to be, that you should be in control of your goof and control of your nature, you have to have brain power. You have to be very, very, the brain has to be very, very strong. And so that's what he's going to say here, that the only way to be an over the lakim on a constant basis is someone who is through his bonanus, that he thinks and contemplates about the greatness of Hashem, 
Therefore, he gets his brain in control of his heart. He understands the greatness of Hashem in his brain. And then his brain can control his heart and his nature. And then he can be a constant David Hashem. Whereas a person that has just avab tivis, just natural love to Hashem, he doesn't have that brain power. Naturally, he loves Hashem, so he wants to do what's right. But he doesn't have that brain power that's in control of his nature. Therefore, he is not going to be able to be a constant David Right? That's what, that's what he's going to explain now. Let's see. He says, He says, in order to change the constant nature of, of habit, a person has to awaken the Avat Hashem, through the fact that he contemplates and is misbein in the greatness of Hashem in his brain, in other words, Teva, is what controls the guf. Nature is what controls the guf. What gives chayis to the guf? We've said many times, the nefesh abahamis is what gives chayis to the guf. And the nefesh abahamis is found in the left part of the heart. So in order for a person to be always going out of his nature, he has to be able to the greatness of Hashem in his mind, in his brain. And then, the, like we mentioned in the past, the brain is has, has able to have control over any part of the body, including the heart. Then he can control the teva that he has, the nefesh abahamis that's in his left part of his heart. Right? And then he's able to constantly go up beyond his nature. But if he doesn't have this level of Amos Hashem, he's not thinking about the greatness of Hashem, doesn't have this idea of, of constantly involving his brain in Avedis Hashem, and thinking about the greatness of Hashem and therefore controlling his heart, it's impossible to be constant David Hashem like he's talking about over here. And Vizu, he Aveda Tamil And this type of Aveda is an Aveda Tamil. In other words, Despite the fact that a Bainan is not a tzaddik and he desires what's, what he shouldn't be desiring, <coughs> that's the way Hashem made him. There's nothing wrong with that. If he does this, he's an Oivad Alakim, that's an Aveda Tama. That's, that's completion for him. That's what we call Shlemus. In other words, that's a, he's, do, he's doing his job in this world. He's going beyond his nature constantly, then that's the way he should be. Now, now. So what's, the, what's the practical, it's, it's literally um, meditation? First, first of all, a person has to um, learn about Akdul Sashab. That's first and foremost, right? In other words, he has to in, in, involve his brain in, uh, in Yonan that talk about Pasha de Ebeshter, right? Like Svarim that talk about the Ebeshter. Um, and then what it means in a, in, a, um, in a very simple level, in other words, Svarimness, there's, there's a lot, lot to it. And it's a sugi in itself, what it means exactly is Svarimness. But without going into the real levels of, you know, what real Svarimness is, on the highest level, on the proper level, in a simple level, for a simple person, it means Pasha thinking over in his mind, like we mentioned in the past, the idea of Machshava, thinking in his mind over in Yanam that he's learned about the greatness of Hashem. Just it's thinking, meditation. right? Meditation, I, would, I don't know exactly what they refer to as meditation. I think it means getting in touch with your senses and things like that, which I'm not sure. Right? We're talking more about the a much more simpler thing. I mean, it's not simple in terms of, it's not so easy to do it. Try to think straight without any distractions for one minute even and see if it's, uh, how, how, how easy it is. Sorry? Simple doesn't mean easy. It doesn't mean easy, exactly. It's simple, but it's not easy, exactly, right? So, so I think the idea of like, um, no, I want to I make it clear. Not, when he says over here, bonus, that's not he might mean something a lot more than what I'm just saying now. Because okay? I don't want to get into it now, right? It's not a... Practical level. But practical for people like us, Banashim Kakeno, right? Just what we call, what Chassidim used to call, Tracht Mechsidus, they used to call it. Tracht Mechsidus means thinking about things, the Chassidus that talk about the greatness of Hashem, thinking it over. You learn something, learn something about how great Hashem is, how the world is nothing, how much Hashem is really the true chayis. Think it over exactly the, in a way that it makes sense to you. A way that, it, you know, really understanding it. Thinking it for a minute or two minutes. That's, a, that's something that, a, that, that has a big effect on a person. It's a, it's There's it's no question that a person who does that, it, that has a big effect on it. Because thinking is, is more panemistic. Thinking is yourself. 
not outward like dibur. It's yourself. So it's, it's, it really affects a person when he thinks about something like that. But yeah. Okay, but now, now he adds a very important point. He adds that when we talk, everything that we were talking about now on the last page was about this masbid b'teva, you know, the special person that's born naturally with this b'teva of, 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 uh, of being a natural masmid and a person doesn't have taivas, doesn't struggle. So for him, what does it mean being an Eved Elohim? Shayna pirkameh upon ve'echad, doing things that are beyond his comfort zone, finding, you know, extreme measures of Avedis Hashem, right? Like we'll, uh, we'll discuss later in, in Tanya, like a... Uh, you know, like davening in a way that he's like, it, it's, it's, it goes to, shakes up his whole, his whole nefesh, his whole, this is extreme Avedis Hashem, that only with such an extreme Avedis Hashem will this be considered an Indian of being an Ayyavid Alakim for someone like this, because otherwise he hasn't gone beyond his comfort zone. But when we talk about a regular person, we don't need that to be an Ayyavid Alakim. For a regular person, a regular person struggles with types, struggles with, even with being a masmid, struggles with sitting down and learning, struggles with not wasting time, struggles with a lot of things, right? So for a regular person, the natural love that you have to the Abishta, awakening that is also a struggle. In other words, like I see, every year, like we mentioned in the past, it's just, like I said, it's, it's a sugi we're going to learn about at length when we come to Begit Ches, but we mentioned in the past, every year does have a natural love to the Abishta, right? That's true that every year does a natural love to the Abishta, but the natural love that he does to the Abishta, that's the Nisham. A regular person, if not a masmid betivai, a, he's, he's not feeling that. He's not in touch with that. He's feeling taivis. He's feeling gufte kesachen. He's feeling things that are drawing him to a total other direction than the, uh, than the um, direction of the avativis, the natural love that he has to So for him to stop for a second and say, hey, let me think about who I really am, right? If it would come to a mice of Kiddush Hashem, I would give up my life for Hashem. That means I naturally love Hashem. So let me stop doing what I'm doing right now and let me do what I, uh, what I should really be doing. Let me sit and learn. Let me do a mitzvah. Let me not do an Aveda. For him, that's a big struggle too. I, the love is natural. Yeah, the love is natural. But because he's a kind of person that he has taivas, etc., that some things that conceal over this love and don't allow him to feel that love. So for him to stop for a second and, and, to, and to get in touch with that natural love that he has to the Ebeshter is also a great effort. It's also something that requires a lot of Aveda. Right? So for someone like that, even if he doesn't have this hisbonus like we spoke about now, which is something that everyone should have anyway, but it's not, if, even if he doesn't have that great level of hisbonus, but he just works on revealing his natural love to the Abishter, for him that's also making him an Ayyavid Alakim. That's very important to know. It's, it's, everything we learned about till now, both are applicable to everyone, because everyone has to constantly grow in his Avedis Hashem. So the things that come already easy in Avedis Hashem, a person should always constantly try to strive to, to improve and go out of his comfort zone and do more in them. But a person also has to know that it's, uh, it's not, um, uh, you know, there's, there's the basic things also, that for a regular person, it's an unbelievable thing. Every time he breaks his nature and he does, uh, he does something basic, because that, that makes him an Eved Elohim too. Right? Like he goes on, he says, right? If a person has a war, and for him it's not natural to do what's right, so for him to awaken the hidden love that he has to the Eibishter, and via that, push away the Nefesh Abamis, the Yitzhahara, that's in his left side, that's also an Yenavonavid Alakim. However, if you're talking about a person that naturally doesn't have a war, doesn't have a constant struggle, he's, he's a massive Tiva, is then, when he just serves Hashem via that natural love to the Eibishter, that's not called Aveda for him, because he, that's, that's, that's easy for him. 
For him, the only way to do it is if he does me'apam ve'echad, and to be in a constant mode of doing that, you have to have what we said before, the idea of his bananas, to make brain power, to, that the brain should control totally over his heart and his nature, and should be constantly going beyond his nature. Right? That's, uh, that's his, I'll, I'll finish off something which is not maybe directly related, just because it's a Yidgim um, Tishrei today, it's the yard site, the Yilul of the Rebbe Marash, the fourth Rebbe of Chabad. So, um, i just say a word. There's, um, there's one, a famous word from him. Very, very famous word. That he said. Sorry? Fourth, fourth. I didn't say fourth. Yeah, fourth. Fourth, fourth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fourth rep. So he, so he, he, he said, there's a famous word that he says. He said, the Welt sagt, I say, mechanisch gehen runter geht mir lieber. Let's say you're coming to apps, blocks up something that's blocking you. So, so most people say, try first going under it. If you can't go under, then you jump over. And he said, ich sag l'chatchil lieber. I say, jump right away. That's what he said. Ich sag l'chatchil lieber. So there's a lot of beauty uh, what that what the vart means. It means a lot of things. But I'll just share one thing that, that really in Aved Hashem, what this means to a person in Aved Hashem. The um there's, a, there's actually also to do with the Reb Marash. There's a lotion in a mimer of the Reb Marash about giving tzedakah in a way that has no boundaries, believable, without any boundaries whatsoever. So the Rebbe once discussed this, last Rebbe, and he discussed, said, what, is, what does that mean giving tzedakah without any boundaries? No matter what, tzedakah is, is physical, it's money, you could always count how much you gave. Believable means that there's no, there's no gvul, there's no, there's no, like, like you know, the Ebesh does believable, right? He's, he's, he's infinite. Tzedakah is always going to be finite, even if you give everything you have. It's also finite, right? So, he explained like this. He said, it's a, it's a long beer, but the Nakudas Advarim is like this. So the Chassidus discusses, a, 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 it says, it says, Stako um, Mishpat, the Lashon of the past, Stako Mishpat. It discusses that there's a way of giving Stako through Mishpat. Stako is seemingly the opposite of Mishpat. Stako Mishpat means you're being very rigid and judging. Stako means you're being very giving. Right, you go, you're, you're not judging. So Chassidus says, no, there's a stucker that comes through mishpat. And that is when a person makes a real mishpat for himself, what do I really need? What do I really need for myself to survive, for my family to survive? And then he says, and he's very medactic, he's very careful, he doesn't go even one bit extra, and everything else he gives away for tzedakah. That's called tzedakah that comes through mishpat, right? So, so l'chula, that's the highest level of tzedakah possible. I mean, a person, he's, he's doing nothing more than, uh, than what he basically needs, right? So, so what could be higher than that? The Rebbe said there actually is a higher level way of giving tzedakah. Give a mashal. He said, let's say, let's say you have, let's say, a concept of, let's say, achnasas kala. Let's say someone comes and says, there's a kala that needs X, Y, Z amount of money for them to have to marry them off. So one way of doing it is like we said before. I mean, the regular way would be a person just gives what he feels he could give. The greatest l'chudah would be if he makes the measures and sees what he could give and then he gives everything, what, he could, what he needs and he gives everything else away. But there's actually a deeper way of doing it. There's a way of saying like this. How much is needed? What's needed? That's what, that's what I want to know, first of all. What is needed? What's needed? We're going to make it happen. How we're going to make it happen? Okay, afterwards, I'll see how much I could give. If maybe I need more, I'll find some for someone else. It's not about me, how much I could give. It's how much, what is needed for me now. Not what I could give. What is needed from me, right? When someone does that, that's Dr. Bleakville. That's without, that's without any limitation. Because it's not, if, it's, if it's based on how much I could give, that, there's a limit how much you can give. Even if you're going to be a tzaddik, you're going to give... And you keep yourself with bread and water and you're going to give everything away, you're, you're still, it's still, there's still a limit how much you can give. If it's about what's needed from you, then there's no, the sky is the limit. There's no limit, right? How are you going to do it practically? Obviously, you have to make cheshbainas afterwards how to do it practically. And practically speaking, not necessarily today is that the most, 
the Aveda that's demanded of every person to live in a way that he could mamish live with their bread and water, that's not necessarily the Aveda for every person, and that might be very harmful in a lot of cases also. A person has to be, uses his seichel, and know what's good for his, uh, for his Aveda Sashem, right? But it's about the attitude that it's not what I could do, it's what is needed for me. So that, that's what the idea of also V'lachatchil Aribe, one of the ideas of Dinyanam of V'lachatchil Aribe means. In other words, there's a way of saying, you know, for, first of all, let me go out let me do things in a normal way. Let me see what I could do. Sometimes if I do, if I need extreme measures, you know, okay, we'll, we'll do that too. The, the real, the proper Avedis Hashem, the attitude that a person should have to Avedis Hashem is always, what is needed for me? What's the, what's, what's, what's the, what's the job that's needed over here? It's L'Chatchil Aribe. Practically, how we're going to do it, we'll make a cheshman afterwards. But the, 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 it's not about what I could do. It's what is needed for me. It's L'Chatchil Aribe. That's the, that's, the, that's the way a person should serve Hashem. That's the, that's the nakud of this part of, uh, of L'Chatchil Aribe. Okay. Same. What do you say? It's very connected, true? Yeah, yeah. Sorry? He says you can give more like for... He says you can give a lot more than Chaymash, yeah. But only it's like you have how the cook.